Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Uh, this month of uh, September, we've been on a series looking at uh, a topic called Made for More. And uh, over the past weeks, we've looked at a number of different topics, but primarily from this perspective that God has created you in this point in history, he's brought you into this world, he's redeemed you, he's saved you, and he's called you to something great. And that greatness is being fulfilled as you partake in what he has for you. And an element of that, or a big part of that, is how we connect to one another. Uh, and so in our very first week, Tom shared on the fact that we were designed for more. We were designed with a purpose. Each one of us, we might be different. We might have different backgrounds. We might have different giftings and, and skills and all sorts of things. But God has created us different, but to be united in his body, to be connected to one another. The next week, I shared on this call that we're all called to serve. We're called to serve in freedom. We're called to serve in love one another. That's a high calling. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. That was the purpose of Christ coming to this earth. And so for you and for me, if you think, what is my, the plan for God in my life? What does God want me to do? Can I just say in a simple word, serve? Put yourself out there. Say, God, here I am. Work through my life. He uses our gifts. He uses our talents. But you know what? It goes beyond that. That attitude, that spirit of saying, God, I'm willing to do whatever you want me to do. Again, we looked at Jesus washing the disciples' feet. That wasn't because that was a great gifting of Jesus to wash feet. But he was demonstrating his love for his disciples. And he said, look, you guys do the same thing. Wash each other's feet. Serve one another. And so that's this thing. We are designed for more. We are made for more. And part of that is serving one another. Last week, Alex shared a great message as well on this aspect that God has given us gifts. And those gifts aren't to be worshipped, those gifts aren't to be the, the focus of our lives, but those, those gifts are to be used and consecrated for God, for His glory. And the challenge for us to walk in that as believers. Now this morning we're going to take this, but in a slightly different direction. And I tell you what, you guys are going to love this message. I mean, it's going to go down so well, I know it is. As we're all called to be part of a body, we're all called to serve, we're all called to use our gifts. Can I tell you this morning, we are all called to do one more thing. Well, we're called to do many things, but we're called to do one more thing in this series. And it is called giving. John knew it was coming, didn't he? Yeah. We're called to give. We're called to give. And I tell you what, this is a good message. This is a great message. All right, tough crowd. No, I, I, I know you, you're going to love it. Oh, so we're going to look at a passage of Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 to 9. And it says, Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a, a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us with the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had early made a beginning, to bring also to completion this act of grace 
on your part. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love, we have kindled in you. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. I am not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that through his poverty might become, that through his poverty you might become rich. Now, the context of this passage of scripture, just to understand what was happening, there was an offering being taken for those believers in Jerusalem that were struggling financially. And so really throughout the churches in the, the, the Gentile world, there was this call to, to help and support their brothers and sisters in Christ in, uh, in Jerusalem, in Israel. And uh, two chapters, in fact, if you read from this point onward, for about two chapters, Paul really unpackages what the attitude and the heart of giving is all to, to, to be like, what it's to look like. But what we're going to focus on today is really what we see in verse 7, where it says, But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, and in complete earnestness, and in the love we've kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. Now, if you look at the first part of that, you think, wow, this church has really got it, doesn't it? The, the, the Corinthian church, I mean, they're excelling in love, and they're excelling in faith, and they're excelling in, the, in this relationship with one another. But Paul is challenging them to excel in one more area, to keep growing, to keep moving forward in another area. Now, to excel in something, I looked at a dictionary, as you do, when you really want to know what it means. So I looked at the dictionary, and it said this, it says, be exceptionally good at, to be exceptionally good at, or proficient in an activity or subject. Now, can I just say, you don't excel in football without ever playing football, or cooking. How many of you love cooking, baking, anything of that sort? How many of you have, those who put up their hands, how many, is it always a success? Over the years of marriage, we've had lots of interesting meals. Uh, sometimes, even this past week, and I'll put my hand up on this one, I was making spaghetti bolognese, as you do on a Friday night, and I discovered we didn't have any oregano, we didn't have any uh, basil, we didn't have anything actually we needed for the spicing. So I thought, hey, why not use Greek seasoning? <laughs> now, it tasted good initially, until the spice of the meat, this is meat seasoning uh, for the bolognese sauce. And uh, the bolognese sauce with meat seasoning started to really have a punch. And as we ate it, it was like, this is really spicy. And it doesn't taste really at all like bolognese sauce. It tastes like Greek meat. <laughs> so the point being is that when we excel at something, we become very proficient at it. But in order to become proficient, it's something we need to learn, right? We need to grow in. It's something that as time goes on and we practice and we learn what not to do and what does all of, sorry, you know, when an ingredient says this much, we put in this much and we don't extend that, we don't put in too little. You know, some ingredients when you're baking in particular are really important. The difference between baking soda and baking powder is different. There's a difference. And it makes a difference what you put in and how much you put in. Uh, all of those things are important. Now, 
We're called here in the church in Corinth, and I believe for us as well, to excel in faith. We're called to excel in love. We're called to excel in our knowledge of God. We're to excel in all those things, but we're also to excel in this area of giving. Can I say it doesn't just happen, but it's something that we need to have a willingness to learn and grow in. It's something that God challenges us to. Now, this grace of giving I believe has a few characteristics because it's a grace of giving, not just giving, okay? So we're going to look at it from the context of a grace of giving. Now, grace is an important word in this understanding, in this topic. And so when we look at the grace of giving, it it first flows from a place of freedom because grace always comes from a place of freedom, doesn't it? You see, the alternative to that is giving... Excelling in the law of giving. We're going to excel in the law of giving. So uh, th- we see this in scripture. And so we're going to give because we're commanded to give. And so we're going to excel because it's a law. That's quite different than the place of freedom. Because grace fulfills the law, doesn't it? It, it? it actually goes beyond what the law says. Now in verses 3 and 4. We see the Macedonian churches, and it says this, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded. Now, does that sound like a lawgiver, or does it sound like a grace giver? Entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in the service to the Lord's people. Wow, what, what churches that said, actually, can we give? Can we give? Paul, I, I mean, I know I, we've heard that there's a, there's a rumor going around the churches that there's an offering being taken for, the, for these people in need in Jerusalem. Can we give? Can, come on, Paul. I, we want to give. Now, I know you guys are all like that as well. When is offering time in the church? When can we give in this church? It's so, I, well, come on. When does it happen? Urgently pleaded. I want you to say that word. Urgently pleaded. Those two words. Urgently pleaded. One more time. Let it sink in. Urgently pleaded. Wow. These guys were like so fired up about giving. Now this is something that flows from this position of this is a pleasure that they want to be part of. They don't want to miss out on what God is doing. They want to be part of it. I believe in the, the principles of tithing as we see in Scripture. And sometimes the church has been criticized that we preach grace until it comes to giving. And then we go into a law. Can I say that even the principle of tithing, the 10% of giving to the Lord, predates the law. It's a principle that we see in Scripture right from the beginning. However, that shouldn't be the cap because the law, we feel justified when we meet the target. I gave 10%. Yeah, tick box. But when grace is in the picture, it goes beyond that, doesn't it? It isn't about ticking a box of justification, but it's now, it's moving in that place of urgently pleading, God, I want to be part of what you're doing. You've given me something. I want to release it to you. I want to do what you want me to do. And so here it is, God. All of this is yours. You see, the law limits, but grace knows no limits. The law limits us, but the grace of God allows us to get past that mindset of just enough. Jesus didn't come and pay the price so we could just enough be saved. But he gave us life and life more abundantly. He moved in that space of, actually, Jesus didn't just come to fulfill the law, but he moved in that space where now we walk into his life. 
We walk into his fullness. We walk into all that he has for us. So it isn't just enough. And in our giving and in the sense of what we offer to the Lord, God wants us to move in that place of freedom that only his grace can give us. Grace giving is not about the law or the rule, but it's about the desire. They urgently pleaded. There was a desire. You see, giving is from that position of, I get to do this. Lord, I want to do this. Lord, I want to please you. You see, the difference, if we were married because of law, if I'm married to Donna because I have to be married to Donna by law, the relationship would reflect that, correct? We're doing things out of obligation. It's lifeless, it's mechanical, and maybe even begrudgingly, we do things. By law, I need to take out the rubbish once a week. By law, I put out the bins because it's collected on Tuesday in our area, and that's my job. By law, I cook spaghetti bolognese on a Friday night with Greek seasoning. <laughs> By law, I make the bed in the morning. By law, if that's the way we live our relationship as a marriage, it becomes very sterile. But when love is the factor, and love is the motivator, and when there's something in our hearts towards one another, then actually we do those things because of desire. I don't have to make spaghetti bolognese with Greek seasoning. I get to. <laughs> Out of love for my family who loves what I make all the time. It's a beautiful thing. As long as you've got plenty of water to hand. Love, grace, it's that place of freedom, isn't it? And so the same thing is the, the, the church urgently pleaded. Why? Because of what God had done in their hearts. And they were excelling in the grace of giving. They were excelling in the grace of giving. They understood what God had done for them, but also they understood the pleasure that it was to join God in what he was doing in giving. Secondly, the grace of giving is generous in expression. In the midst of very severe trial, their extreme poverty, dot, 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 there's a bit in between. Their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I, I think there's two key words in this, this verse, or these two verses. Poverty, generosity. Because they seem to be contradictory, don't they? In their extreme poverty welled up rich generosity. You see, sometimes I think when we look at giving or we look at what we're contributing, we're looking at when our life gets all sorted and our finances are good and we've got an overflow of resources. And so we'll give from that perspective of, of when everything's really nice and we've got plenty of money in the account and we've got plenty of money for savings and for retirement and for post-retirement and for whatever else might come our way. Then we'll give from the overflow of all of that. The church understood the grace of giving, which is actually not from a position of, of financial wealth, but it's from a position of generosity. I'm giving what I have to offer. I, I think in traveling over the world uh, in different countries, I've discovered countries that are not affluent tend to be far more generous with what they have. 
And I think for those of you from other countries here this morning, you probably would say the same thing in, in your uh, experience that people who often have very little will give what they have. I've been blown away at the generosity of people that, I mean, we're, we're in a, uh, uh, you know, in Haiti, I remember being there years ago, and, and there was nothing. I mean, they had a dirt floor. It was really, really impoverished people, and yet they brought out a bottle of Coca-Cola, and they brought it, and then you think, how did you afford this? But we were their guests, and they wanted to honor us. And I remember being blown away by this generosity, thinking that's probably everything you've got. For, for, for us coming from the West, it would be nothing to buy a bottle of Coca-Cola. But for them, that would have been maybe their food for the week. I don't know. But I know there was rich generosity. Grace giving isn't about how much we give, but the, the place in which we give it from. You see, when Jesus looked at the widow who gave that money into the the temple, remember what he said, it, everyone else gave out of their excess, but she gave out of her lack, and, and she gave more. You see, God isn't looking for us to tally up a certain amount, that unless you give 5,000 this month to the church, uh, it's not really valid giving. I tell you what, if you can give three pennies to the church, and if that is what you can give out of a place of generosity and joy, then that is, God, in God's eyes, a generous giver, and giving more. One giving five pounds is generous, but another giving 5,000 is not generous at all because it's all relative to what God has entrusted us with. Again, only God knows. And, and we're not to judge one another in this. Can I just say that? We're, no one's to judge one, one another. So, you know, what you're giving isn't enough. Hey, that's between you and God. Again, we're not under the law. We're under grace. But God says, look, I want you to excel in this area because there's so much you could experience through it. We're called to be generous giving, not, not living in that place of the minimal justification side of things, but giving in that place of generosity. God, how much would you like me to give? Could we dare to pray that prayer? You, you, I would say that when we pray the prayer of God, what would you have me give? Can I say often it's beyond what you think is reasonable? But the Bible says further on in Corinthians that we should decide in our hearts. And, and can I just say, tithing is in that picture of I understand there's a principle there. But, and I think that's a great starting point. But that shouldn't be the finish line. But it's saying, God, where, where do you want me to give on all of this? Where, how much do you want me to give? I believe faith is a part of our giving equally. Now, thirdly, the grace of giving is joyful in release. You see, again, their overflowing joy they generously gave. There's this joy. You know, again, Paul says, God loves a cheerful what? Giver. God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I believe we can only, again, move in that place of being a cheerful giver when we understand the grace of giving. You see, when it's law giving, it is a begrudgingly uh, activity. It's something that we have to do. We feel like we're obligated to do. And so obligation giving is not a joyful giving. But when it's something that's deep within inside us and there's a joy of being generous, there's a joy in giving what we have to the Lord, we, re we receive something out of it, which is the joy. There's a benefit. God loves a cheerful giver, but I tell you what, there's also a joy in our hearts that comes as well. 
Sometimes I think we can feel like God is just taking something from, God wants to take something from us. And God said, look, you're misunderstanding the whole point. It's as we give to him, he, he wants to fill us with something. He wants to give us something of himself. He wants us to experience his joy. He, but if we hold on to something, we miss the point altogether. Can I just say something? We were all designed to serve. We were all designed and given gifts to give in the sense of we've been given abilities and talents to give one. But I can also say this, we were all designed and created to be givers. It isn't just a few people in the church that are designed. We were all created to give. Why? Because who is the biggest giver of all? The Heavenly Father. God so loved the world that he what? He held on to his son? No, what did he do? He gave. God so loved, he gave. And so when we start looking at our walk with God, and we look at our purpose in this planet as to why I'm here, part of that purpose is to be a giver. All of us were created to give. Give what we have. Not giving what you don't have, we give what we have to the Lord. God is able to meet all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Right? The Bible says that God is able to do more than we could dare to dream or imagine. He's able to do all those things, but he calls us to release to him. When we hold on, the Bible says, look, you're going to lose it anyway. You come into this world with nothing. You leave this world with nothing. Why don't we find his purpose in the middle and find the joy that comes when we give of our lives and give of our, our resources to him? He knows what we need. Jesus says, look, you worry about tomorrow. I'll take care of your tomorrow. But for today, trust me. Understand, actually, I have a plan and have a purpose and that part of that purpose is for you to release to me, to trust me. We were made for more. Excel in this grace of giving. What I find most interesting about this passage is that when we come to verse 9, Jesus is brought into the picture. You see, I, I think it, it's the heavy hit at the end of this whole passage. One, the Corinthians are being compared to the Macedonian churches. They're, they're just being challenged. Like, I'm just... I'm not commanding you, but I'm comparing. But then, as a kind of a, a heavier hit, ultimately Jesus is brought into the, the picture. And I'm going to read it one more time as we, we draw this to a close. For you know the grace, the grace. See that word again? You know the grace, not the law, but the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, he had everything, didn't he? The world and all his fullness. Everything. Though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. That through his poverty might become rich. Here's the, the amazing thing. Is that Jesus set the great example of grace giving. Through grace, he laid down his life. Gave all that he had for you and for me. That through that, we would receive the riches of the kingdom. I, I want to ask a question this morning. And this is something only between you and God. Is your giving flowing from a place of freedom? Or is it flowing from a place of law and obligation? God wants us to grow in the grace giving? Is there room to grow in the area of generosity? 
Can I just say for me, there certainly is. I look at where I've come from, and I've, we were actually talking about this over this weekend. I look at where I've come from, and I've come a long ways. I didn't like giving money to anyone. I was someone as a child that kept every penny of my, my allowance from my mom and dad. Every penny. I didn't go to the shop. I didn't buy anything. And when mom and dad ran out of money, they came to the bank. <laughs> Tyler, do you, have, do you have any money? We need some money for groceries. I, I'll check my bank, my piggy bank. Yeah, I got money. I got loads of money. So for me, saving has been very good. I love saving. However, giving has been the challenge. Because God said, look, yeah, we need to be wise stewards, but you also need to be generous. And so over the years, I'm married to a generous woman. And that's helped me, prod me forward to be generous, to be thinking beyond myself, my family, our own context, to give what we have to the Lord. And But you know what? I can't say, hey, I'm there now. Boom, I'm the most generous person in this church. No, actually, God knows. There are times I still hold on with white knuckles to my wallet. No, God, no. <laughs> Third question, does it bring joy? Does it bring joy? I think that's a big one. Because... I think it is from that place when we understand what God wants to do and we release in that place of faith and you know what, there can come a joy in what happens afterward. The joy of releasing. God is able to help us in this area if we're willing to participate. Excel in the grace of giving. We have a part to play. It doesn't just happen. I don't believe one day you'll wake up and suddenly be a generous person if you're not already. I believe it's something little by little, as we trust God, we give a little bit more, we just say, here, you go, here it is, trust you. And God will grow that in us. The amazing thing is, the Bible says in the next chapter over, the more we start to offer, the God said, look, I'll, I'll entrust more to you to give. I'll help you with this process, but we need to start moving forward in it. So, like the serving forms, we thought, how, how do, you, how do we serve in the church? Remember, remember that? You guys were at the edge of your seats when I shared about serving. You thought, how can we do that? How can we serve in this church? I don't know how to serve. And we made it so easy. When it comes to this area of giving, you think, Tyler, you are preaching to me, and I want to give. How can I give? I see you asking that question of yourself right now. How can I give? I want to give right now. Well, folks... There's an answer to that question. We have an offering at the back. Now, can I say, during this COVID time, I have not enjoyed the fact that we have not been able, we've been advised to not pass around an offering thing. I, I hope very soon we can resume that, because I believe it's an important part of our worship to God. But in the meantime, we still can give. I know many of you give online. That's fantastic. It just goes right from your account to the church's account, from the church account to hopefully what we can use for the kingdom of God. But there's also, you can give in the physical, we have an offering box at the back. You can give on our website. Wow. God works in so many different ways, doesn't he? <laughs> the point of it all is that we're all faithful in our part. 
We were designed, we were made for more. Don't restrict what God wants to do by holding on to what you have. Let him take control. It's a growth area in my life and continues to be something he can challenges me in. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at centerchurch.uk or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.